Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast, and I'm excited today to have Grayson Greer as my guest. Uh, He's a friend of mine, but also just a young leader that I really just think is doing amazing things in his short life. I'm impressed with just how he handles a lot of things, um, just from dealing with people and difficult uh, projects that he's been working on. And again, he and I touch base informally uh, often, and it's an honor that I get to do that with him. But I wanted uh, today, we're going to do get kind of a young leader's perspective about what it's been like to transition from the academic life into the workplace and then be, then into leadership as a young person. So before I do that, Grayson, if you could just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and your story. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. Um, appreciate the invite. Excited to, to be here today. Um, so my story, uh, it all starts, uh, grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, and uh, attended the University of, of Arkansas, studied finance uh, and accounting, um, and have always had a real, uh, I guess, passion for entrepreneurship, for business. Um, my, I come from a family of uh, people in the, the finance um, kind of realm and in the um, management world of what it looks like to run a company to uh, serve, you know, clients or coworkers. Um, and so really just come from uh, that kind of up- upbringing of uh, wanting to, to be in the business realm and be in the business world. And so studied finance and accounting in, in college, uh, wanted, thought that I wanted to uh, go really the kind of investment banking route um, or kind of the consulting route. What really excited me was the opportunity to, um, solve new challenges and, and problems and, and complex things for companies and different things that they were facing as they sought to uh, grow their business. Um, and it was actually in uh, in one of my interviews uh, that I was interviewing for a, a consulting role um, where I was sharing a story about um, some of the, the work that I had uh, been involved in in India, um, where about halfway during the, the interview, um, they, they stopped the interview and they said, now I, I have a, I have a friend that, uh, has some, has some business opportunity in India and they do things with some development teams there and, uh, you should meet with them. And for me, um, at the time I was kind of like, well, the, uh, the interview is over, uh, so, um, but, uh, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to them and would love to learn more of what that would look like. Um, and, uh, that led me to a, a firm called First Rate, um, which is an investment performance and for, uh, reporting solutions technology provider to, uh, wealth and asset management firms. Um, and so, uh, graduated in 2018 and have been at, at First Rate Set. Awesome. And the other thing that I love about you, Grayson, is that I, you, you have a heart for people, you have a heart for, kind of marginalized people and I know that's a big part of why you do what you do too and that you know people may not have picked up on that from what you just said but I'm just going to tell our listeners that that's a big part of who Grayson is so that's um, just, he's humble about that but his his heart for people is pretty amazing as well so 
So as you made that transition from University of Arkansas just into the, the workplace, and, 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 I, and I know your company was a little different too. It's not like it was had been around forever and it had very established you know, policies and procedures and norms. But what, what was the challenge for you going from an academic world where you were obviously very successful into the workplace? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I think definitely one of the things maybe just off, uh, off the bat was, is, you know, very much in college um, as you're thinking about the, you know, your interests and your pursuits and what you're studying. Um, a lot of it uh, is, you know, thinking about um, you really and what do I, where do I see my interests, you know, lying? Where do I want to work? Where do I feel like I'd be a good fit? And, you know, things like that. And I'd say, um, I really think for the, uh, when you move into the, the corporate world, um, you know, that turns into uh, your role, but your role as part of a team, which is part of typically a larger team, which is part of a, you know, larger organization. Um, and so I think a lot of it was a mindset shift around, um, you know, coming into no matter what role you kind of come into in the in the workforce um, or in the workplace in, um, you know, there are people that rely on you and rely on your responsibilities. And you have a responsibility to not only yourself, um, but to others um, and to, you know, seeing the, I guess, bigger picture, I would say, um, in terms of the organization. And I think a lot of times it's it's very maybe easy. It's easy to maybe get in a mindset of, um, you know, it's it's kind of my own individual role. Um, the implications may be only for me, um, but it, it really was a mindset, a mindset shift for me, um, in thinking through, you know, what implications does my responsibility have for the organization uh, as a whole, um, and how can I, you know, make an impact in the place that I work. Uh, that's very well said. And it's and I think for all of us it's not that we're selfish at that point necessarily, but we are we are thinking about our success, our career, our you know, income, all of that, and to all of a sudden be <clears throat> part of a team that, that now causes us to what should cause us to do is step back and say, Okay, well this isn't all about me. How can I make others successful? How can I make our clients successful, etc.? And I love that. You've You've now moved into a leadership role, and, and we'll talk about that more here in a second, but just in terms of when you started at the company, and again, I know you've been recognized for your work, and I know you're, you're humble about that. What do you think set you apart as a young person coming into the workplace where people paid attention to you? Again, not for your own personal gain, but what, what caused them to, to look at Grayson differently than maybe you know, what, what people think of the average young person? Yeah, it's uh, another great question. I, you know, I think um, one of the things, and I actually, I'll attribute this back to a, a book I read that's called uh, Leading Without Authority by Keith Ferrazzi. And um, I think one of the easiest things coming into the workplace is thinking, you know, kind of going back to this responsibility piece of, um I'm not in a leadership position, so it's not my responsibility to lead. And I think that having that mindset um, is, is, is really 
uh, I, I would say tough um, because, you know, it, it's actually everyone's job in the organization, whether they have the title or whether they have the status. It really is this, what does it mean to lead without the, without authority? And, you know, how to break down the silos and transform schemes. And, you know, you can lead and you can do that in a servant way. You know, we hear a lot about what servant leadership looks like. Um, it, leadership doesn't have to come with the title. Um, and, and I think, um, for me, I tried to have that mindset kind of going into, um, my role in that, you know, it may not be my responsibility on paper or my direct KPIs or my, um, you know, uh, specific mandate. But if there's an area where I feel like I can contribute, um, and that there's a gap that needs to be filled, um, I feel like that was really the mindset I had coming into it, uh, of, you know, I want to be, um, helpful and useful in, in whatever capacity I can be. Um, and I, I think the other thing too that probably was very helpful for me and in addition to kind of to this mindset was around for me, I really, uh, I, I told my, my boss kind of early on, um, as, as we were kind of talking through, you know, career path and positions, um, that I wanted to take advantage of opportunities and positions where the least people, uh, the least amount of people wanted to step into those roles. Um, and what I mean by that is roles that, um, that look difficult, ones that have steep learning curves, you know, ones that are challenging, um, and ones that maybe naturally turn some people away, um, because they're difficult and they're ones that require learning. They require, you know, failure to be able to succeed. They require, um, things like that to really embrace the challenge of learning what that means to, to lead and learning what that means to, um, help create culture, um, in ways that I hadn't before. Yeah, I love that. And I know you and I have had lots of conversations about that, um, in person and on the phone and on, over Zoom. And I, I love that approach, Grayson. And, and just for our listeners, that, you know, a lot of my career was getting sent into facilities that were struggling, both financially, culturally, really almost everything not going well. And I remember one of my friends at Caterpillar at some point, after I did two or three of those, said, why don't you, why don't you take like the easier jobs? Why, why, wouldn't you love to manage a Caterpillar plant that's just, you know, just doing wonderfully so you could kind of coast a little bit? and. And obviously, from the human side of us, there's a, yeah, there's days I'm like, man, I wish we didn't have all these challenges. But, but I think you're right, uh, Grace, and I think there's something special about that. And it doesn't mean, like you said, you're going to fail and you're going to get frustrated. But the you know the the, the best assignments, the nicest location, the the office with the window, people jump on those real easily. But for somebody to say, yeah, I, I will take a second shift job you know, to help out. And I know that's not great for my, my personal life, but man, if we need help on second shift, I'll, I'll be your person. I'll go do that for a while. And, I, and again, that's part of kind of that servant leadership model that you said too, where it's not the best thing for me at this time, perhaps, but, but I'm willing to go where other people won't. And, and I think that's important, not only just for young people, but, 
but anybody in the workplace because it's it's easy to point fingers at others and they're not doing a good job and why don't they know this and and I think it's interesting I've used this example in our sessions before but when you're watching a football game in your recliner and you're having snacks and having a drink watching the game and you you see well, why, why did that running back go to the right like he should have gone to the left like look at that hole that was to the left of the and that's just because you saw aerial re replays about 10 of them and in slow motion and that running back had to make that decision in 0.1 seconds and he, he was obviously following a play that was given to him and so we sit back and think it's easy and why, why don't they do this or that and I think for any age person, but certainly for young people to go, no, I'm, I'm going to go into a tough situation here and it's going to be challenging, but I'm going to be better on the other side. And that's certainly happened to you. So with that, now you're leading people and, and I would assume some of those people are not all your age. So tell me what, what has been the hardest thing for you in your early days as being a leader, just in general, and then how have you tried to maneuver this situation of, of having people that are older than you work for you? I think I think a couple of things, um, you know, I'd say in this kind of is a continuation of, of the previous question where, um, you know, it's it's difficult to grow if you're comfortable. Um, and I think that was one of the big things that I tried to tell myself that, you know, growth comes from being and embracing in the uncomfortable, um, you know, this of situations of, you know, how things are. Um, and so what does it look like to embrace that? Um, and I, I think one of the, um, one of the difficulties, uh, you know, coming in to, uh, a management or a leadership, um, per se position, um, was somewhat being un uncomfortable with some of the situations I actually had, um, in, in one of my, about a month in, I was on a call uh, with a uh, executive um, at, at one of a, a, a large bank uh, that's a prospect of ours, um, and uh, they actually asked me my age uh, on the call, um, and that was a very interesting, an interesting situation um, for me, um, for being someone who, um, you know, I, I guess at, at first glance. Or, you know, even just the perception uh, when, you know, meeting people and speaking to people, um, you know, whether it's age, uh, whether it's background, whatever it may be, kind of coming in with these perceptions around, um, you know, are, are you too young to be a leader? Or are you too young to be um, in management? Um, and I think that for me, just yeah, I continue to go back to that, you know, anyone can lead. Um, and anyone can lead without the authority or the title. Um, it really is a mindset thing and it's a mind, it's a mindset piece. Um, and I think that also transitioned for me. I, I, I was transitioning into a role where, um, I did have, uh, and do currently today have people, uh, that are reporting to me that are older than me, um, ones that, um, you know, potentially that I've reported to in the past. And I, I think, again, going back to the key word for me being mindset, um, is that really uh, setting, trying to set the tone early on that, you know, I want to be their champion um, and I want to learn from them. I, you know, them, they having 
years of experience and, and in many cases more experience than me um, on specific industry things or even within the company, um, being able to, you know, work together um, and, and leverage their knowledge, leverage their expertise versus it feeling uh, more like a reporting structure or one where it's, you know, top-down um, thinking or, you know, top-down uh, telling people what to do. So I think a lot of it kind of was around um, trying to have that humility to recognize and even verbalize, so call it out, that, you know, I I can see what you may be feeling here or what you may be going through here that, um, and this is difficult. And, you know, I want to be your champion. I want to, I want, you know, your support and your buy-in um, and, you know, helping us all achieve the same goals. Because at the end of the day, we're all, um, you know, we all, we all have our personal goals, but um, as part of the, you know, company, uh, we all want, we all want success for the company. Yeah, Grayson, I love that. I think it's a, it's difficult to have this combination of confidence and and humility at the same time because you can't come in at any age of a leader and be, you know, timid about everything and, and apologetic for getting the position and just kind of, you know, sitting in the corner and not speaking up. I think people will jump on that and say this person's clearly not ready because they're, they're afraid to even make a decision and all that. But you also can't come in like, well, I'm the new sheriff in town and all you old folks don't know what you're talking about because you know, I've got it all together. And that, I think that was perfectly said to, to cut across that, um, some of those preconceived notions by we're, what can we all agree on here? We want our clients to be successful. We want this organization to be successful. We want uh, a position, a career that brings us, you know, joy and happiness and we want to be able to get home life. And so I'm here to help with all of that any way I can, but I know I need to learn things. And and I think you said that very well. And, and it's, it's hard because I've said this in our sessions before, when I was a young leader like that and people clearly, when I walked in the door in North Carolina, when I started that facility or, or took over that facility and Australia and other places, people instantly went, well, you're young and this is going to be terrible. And my counter to that is that must mean that every 50, 60 and 70 year old leader is fantastic, which we know isn't the case. So, so age by itself doesn't determine leadership qualities. Certainly there are some good things with experience, technical experience and all of that. But uh, again, well said about how you kind of navigate that. The other thing I would add there too, John, is that I think, um, you know, the key piece being the relationship aspect of, you know, developing the relationship um, with those people, focusing on that. Um, and then one of some of the best advice I was given too was um, analyzing uh, and, and, you know, uh, witnessing before prescribing or making changes. And so one of the big things I did, I made it very clear to our team when I came in that I um, was going to, you know, be basically watching and kind of taking a, a, a front seat, but also a, a back seat to analyzing the situation for, you know, 90 days 
um, before I was making, you know, decisions or large changes in direction. And I think my team really valued that uh, because, you know, kind of coming in, there was a lot I needed to learn. And there was a lot that they were able to teach me and guide me and help me understand the situation that um, we were in. Now, coming out of those 90 days um, is where I was given the opportunity to then provide the direction. Um, and at that point, I did demand that, you know, people um, get on board with the direction. But I think because I set it up in that, you know, the first 90 days was instead of prescribing and making immediate changes, it was, you know, really them educating me on the situation. Um, and then us all, you know, getting on the same page around what that looks like, that we were able to actually move forward in a really healthy way after those 90 days. Yeah, that's uh, very wise. Again, not, you know, not again, a new sheriff in town, but let me just, I need to know the people and the situations and the processes and the problems. And, and once they see that you're trying, you're spending time doing that, and now, you know, if you get in front of a room and go, well, here's some of the problems I see with our daily work or serving our clients, whatever, and they're going to generally nod their heads to that. So yeah, okay, he's getting it. Like he, he's listened to us, he's experienced it. And now what do we all think we need to do to make this better? Um, again, very, very wise. And so I am going to ask you this uh, just for fun, but how old are you, Grayson? I want to just be like one of those guys and ask you that. How old are you? Yeah, I'm uh, 26 years old. Okay, so what you just heard did not sound to me like a, a what we think of as a 26-year-old, so to speak. And, and in our sessions, we try to do a lot to, to kind of blow through a lot of those stereotypes, uh, both from you know young, older folks thinking that the, all young people are the same, and younger people thinking everybody that's 60 and older is kind of past their prime and all that. And, and that's really dangerous to the workplace. We're missing out if we do that. It's interesting in our society that we can, we know it is absolutely wrong, incorrect thinking to say that, you know, people that are all from the same race think alike or are the same, or people with the same, all the same income levels are exactly the same, or all people from this geographic area are the same. But you can certainly see that it, it's allowed in our society to say that everybody of a certain age group is the same. And so one thing that is unique about our sessions when we, when we get into that subject is that we try to look at it very differently. But, but I'm just, um, I'm encouraged by the young generation in many ways, even though many people are frustrated by them. And, and Grayson's a perfect example of that for his, his obviously passion and intellect, but his humbleness and how he's approaching his role. And so, uh, Grayson, thanks for being with us today. It was an honor to have you and probably won't be the last time, so get ready for another episode sometime. But uh, thanks for, for being part of this today. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for your future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.